This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, who said he would write out an introduction <laughs> for my guests. So I said, all right, uh, I'll just leave it to you. And now he comes in and says he left it at home this or he is, lost it on the subway. The long week. Yeah. The dog and, peed on it. My, yeah, my cat yeah. ate it. And Fred, so we my have no introduction. And I, and I lost it at the funeral. So uh, the, our next guest was in the breakfast club. <laughs> That's right. And I was wonderful. Uh, yes. I feel Yes, okay. And, and he was the voice of E.T. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, there, there's one more. There's he was more. Lin, Linda Blair's stunt woman in The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Was I good? And, I like that. Yes. Was good. Yeah. You're so versatile. <laughs> it was good. And you one time, I, I think, teamed up with, um, with oh, oh, with Steve Rossi. After he split up with <laughs> Marty Allen. And, and our catchphrase was, duh. <laughs> he would always talk and I'd go, duh. <laughs> Rossi and kind. Yep. Who could yes, forget them? Yes, right. they were the best. <laughs> it was right after Slappy White and Steve Rossi. <laughs> Did you work with Slappy White, by the way? Slappy White? Yeah. No. No, but I know they went together now, but Slappy White came after Marty Allen? Of course. Yes. yes. Why? He, he yeah. teamed up. I know. Did, 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 who left Mar- who? Mar- Marty Allen was getting work on his own. They liked him more than they liked Steve Rossi. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, and how did that work out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, I should say, uh, I think Richard Kind is here with us. I don't have an intro. But because Frank I'm filming Exorcist Four <laughs> now, so so Steve Rossi uh, teamed up with Slappy White, that's their right, black comedian, because they wanted to get edgier. Yes, okay. yes, and uh, their big intro when they'd walk out on stage was, uh, you know, we're Rossi and White. I'm Steve Rossi, and Slappy White go. And I'm white. Oh, jeez. Okay. And it went downhill from there. Wow. <laughs> and Red Fox teamed with Slappy White, which I didn't know. They oh, teamed with them, or yeah. did they just red, work? Red and white. Really? Yeah. Wow. Didn't know that? Look it up. And okay, I, think, I, I have a question. Was Slappy White great? Never saw. Did you ever see his stand up, Gil? I, never, uh, I don't think no. I ever did. I, I think Ben Blue teamed really? up with them. <laughs> it was really? Red, white, and blue. <laughs> Starting the show with a Ben Blue reference, <laughs> Richard. Yes, thanks for being here. It's, I, I don't know what the hell we're gonna. I'm. I just. I exploded everything last time I was here. Oh, we'll this find is a things. Huge mistake. It's just. I don't know why I'm if, here. If it makes you feel any better, I think it's a huge <laughs> mistake to have you. And back I'm here to, to support you. Yes. <laughs> you are such a fan of this show. I, I got to admit, I am. So? Let me say one thing before we ever start. Yeah. Before I say anything. Yeah. I love the man. I love his talent, and I thought that the episode that you did for Christmas time and the short episode. Oh, Mario. Were, Mario, the best. How he does not like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol is an outrage. That is. <laughs> it is an outrage. It's better than Alistair Sim. It's I, a guy it's a much better than Albert Finney. George C. Scott great. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart's great. fine. But Mr. Magoo, 
That's perfection. I I love the Mr. Magoo Christmas And it's it's the guy who wrote Hello, not Hello, Dolly, but Funny Girl and Carousel. I mean, uh, yeah, Carousel and, not Carousel, Carnival. Uh, uh, He's out of his head. He's out of his head. I wish he were here today. I would berate him. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. When he comes out of the window <laughs> and says, boy, boy uh, 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 I can't do Jim Backus. Boy, boy, what day is it like that? I'm sobbing. Yes. And that's all I see. It was great. It's great. It's yes. great. He's out of his head. Well, fuck him. He's fuck never him. coming fuck back on the that show little, ever That little guinea. That little guy wanted to say all oh, the words I could say. But you did write us and say, what, you were driving in the car with your family when you listened oh, to the, the Betty I'm, Davis? I'm driving back from North Carolina. It's nighttime. My family is all asleep. I have headphones on because I'm listening to, to, to the podcast. And I mean, I'm dying laughing from the Betty Davis and, of course, your Tony Curtis. Great. <laughs> but his, his Betty Davis killed me. That, honest to God, that duet just killed me. It was fun. And, and somebody was wise enough, and I don't know who it is, compared it to, because I have, listen to me, I'm going to talk like an athlete, but I have dropped weights in the weight room listening to you do Jerry Lewis uh, under the shitting table. <laughs> Steve Cox episode. That one, and I know it's five minutes and 24 seconds before the end uh, of that episode, and it, I can listen to that over and over and over again. It's poetry. It's it's honest to God. It's like it's it's like some Southern writer just, but it's Jerry Lewis just flowing out of your mouth. It kills me. That yeah, that's at the end of the Steve yeah. Cox. Oh my really God, great. it yes. killed me. Yeah. Absolutely killed me. I couldn't breathe. And this one uh, was the same thing. I now, can you thing. name some some uh, Jew hating celebrities, please? I, I, can we slander? Yes. <laughs> Allegedly, they hate the Jews. Allegedly. Well, Errol Flynn hated the Jews. Hated the Jews. Yeah. yeah. Well, that you can say because he's gone. Yeah. Well, the yeah. best, the, best the, the, the definition of an anti-Semite is hating Jews more than is absolutely necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and I also say, if you, for those who live in New York, have you ever been to Fairway Market up on 80s? Oh, sure. On 80s? Okay. Sure. Fairway is the only legitimate reason to hate Jews because because most aisles are made for two carts for the width of two carts. This is made for one and three quarters, and they just bang and they they get the back of your of your heel, the Achilles heel, and they're pushing, and they're just these little old Jewish ladies who've been up there forever, and you just want to hit them. It's awful. It's just somebody go, why, why, why did they take my grandmother and not this one? <laughs> I kid, of course. Now, okay, well, John, John Wayne had to have hated the Jews. Okay, I worked at, I, I, I belonged to a club that was formerly known for being anti-Semitic. Yes. Uh, Lakeside. And they used to all stand around and collectively hate the Jews, the gays. It <laughs> was the a daily activity. It, well, honest yeah. to God, you uh, had Ward Bond. Oh, yeah, um, well, sure. Yeah, okay, here's a great story. 
is that, that may, oh God, I hope I didn't talk about this. Walter think, Brennan? I, no, you didn't. I didn't talk about no, Walter Brennan? Ed, Ed I heard that Walter Brennan was an anti-Semite. Well, oh, yeah. but anti-Semite goes without saying. Okay, yeah. that, that, that's a given. That's <laughs> well, a given. I, I no, 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 the but Jews. they hated the gay people. They hated gays, hated them, v- v- viciously hated the gays. Walter Brennan did not play golf, but he sat at the bar and got drunk all the time. By the way, how tall do you think he was? How tall do you think Walter Brennan was? Oh, Five eight, and he got a six four. Walter Brennan wow. was six. He's foot always four. small on camera. I know, yes. and he was old when he was twenty two. Right, I know. Right. Like Leo G. Carroll and Walter Brennan, they were also. But weird. I don't want to get Leo G. Carroll in here because I got nothing. George McCready was always an old. Was man. always old, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so Walter Brennan, uh, along with with Wayne and and Ward Bond and and John Ford, they all were at Lakeside hating uh, hating any minority. So. Walter Brennan, and this was confirmed by a guy who's a member there now and whose mother had a, uh, you know, a, a little a bed and breakfast, not bed and breakfast, but what do you call a little place like a hotel, but but a rooming house, rooming house. Yeah. Uh, and when I hear rooming house, I think of George Bailey's Me mother. Me too. I, that, yeah. 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 Right. Bondi. Yeah. yeah, you think of Beulah <laughs> Bondi. But, so so Walter Bailey. Brennan had a, a place, a small place where he put up gay guys at this rooming house and he used to go there and have his ways with uh, with us. Good Lord. I know. Okay, wow. here's something else. Here's something else. <laughs> oh, God, this is this is awful. Allegedly. This is awful. I, I hope to God because he was a great guy and I knew we him. Because we don't want to get sued by Walter Burnham. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's somebody. I mean, one of the nicest men in the world, but yeah. from what I hear, God, I, I don't know whether I should say this. Well, tell us and leave the name out and then there's somebody who we all know uh-huh. and worshipped as an all-American guy uh-huh. and an all-American father and was a terrific actor who was known as a chicken hawk. You know what a chicken hawk yeah. is? Yeah. They wait around at the bus station for the young kids? Yes, Okay, yes. this guy, and I know this because I knew the first captain of the first SWAT team ever in the world. A guy named Jeff Rogers, a great guy, great, great guy. And I used to play golf with him. And he, I don't know why, I, I, one night, it's a Saturday night, you know, we played gin at, at Lakeside and everything. And it was just Jeff and I in the room. He's drunk and, I, you know, I, I'm drinking. We're just playing cards. And it gets to be 8, 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And we're just playing. And he looks up and he, you know, he was a real Republican, as are many of those guys over at the Lakeside, the real right wing. And he, he was a policeman, best friends with Daryl Gates. He was a, uh, uh, a captain of the first SWAT team. And I'm a diehard liberal. I mean, I'm a real Hollywood liberal. And he just looks up. He goes, Richard, there is no reason for us to be friends. I, you, you're a liberal. You, you do it. We have nothing in common, nothing at all in common. But God damn it, I love you. How about that? Wow. How about that? Wow. He used to say, he goes, every liberal I talk to, they don't want to hear. You listen. I was pretty good. Well, nice. he told me about this actor. <laughs> now, give us a hint. I, can, I actually did give you some hints. Okay. And I can't, I can't well, we give you say. anymore because I met him. I worked with him once. And he was as wonderful, wonderful, wonderful a guy as you could imagine. But he was a chicken hawk. Okay, if you George pass George Papard. <laughs> <laughs> was George Rapard a beloved dad? <laughs> I 
I can't tell you. I'll tell you after the show. I have an idea. And if you search me out or pass me on the street, right. I will tell you. Okay. But I will not do right, it over the Fred air. McMurray. It's not Fred McMurray, but no. Jesus. You if you, so I'll, we'll tell our listeners, Ooh, if you see Richard in the street, ask him. It's close to okay. Fred McMurray. <laughs> now, now um, I, I will tell you another story. I hope I, did I tell, tell you the one about, the, about Ronald Reagan no. at Lakeside? You know, for all that I feel about Ronald Reagan and as time goes by, uh, he's, he's gotten better in my eyes, although he probably was a miserable, I, I probably would not have liked him. If uh, if I he were president today, however, I'm going to burp because I got club soda and I'm talking so much. So, <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan is a member of Lakeside, okay, and he had his business manager used to come and play golf with him, and it got to be more than a couple of times. And they told Ronald Reagan, uh, "Please, uh, just uh, please don't don't bring him around anymore." And he knew that this was because he was Jewish. And he resigned from the club. Well, now, this was when he was a Democrat, you know, when a union guy. Right, he was like the that. president of SAG, yeah, right? Yeah, but anyway, he, he did a very gracious thing. And when Wilshire, uh, not Wilshire Country Club, God knows, not Wilshire, um, Hillcrest Country Club found out, they sent Ronald Reagan a letter and said, thank you very much for what you did. Consider yourself an honorary member of our club. Just don't come more than six times. Interesting. No, as a, no, as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> And now while Gilbert heads into the nutmeg kitchen to steal more Perrier, <laughs> a word from our sponsor. <laughs> now, unfortunately, we return to our show. So who's the one they wouldn't allow in? Oh, okay. So there's a, did I yeah. tell the, the, the Johnny Mathis story? I don't think you did. Oh, this is, a, this is the funniest line ever. I, I always, if I didn't, this is what I held, I would tell the story. This is the funniest line ever said by a bigot is that uh, Johnny Mathis was trying to get into Lakeside. And, of course, he's a gay man as well as being black. So somebody went up to the head of membership and said, I hear that Johnny Mathis wants to uh, wants to join. What's it look like? And the guy goes, chances aren't. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's the guy? Who's, who was the Jew that uh, Ronald Reagan quit over? Marvin Shapiro. I don't know. It's his business oh, manager. Oh, so wasn't anyone. <laughs> no. No. No one famous. Oh. I, wish, I wish we could malign somebody else. Oh, no, God. No one no. famous. You know, it was you his know, business manager. You know who was- I don't know the name of my business manager. You know who was racist and anti-Semitic? Old character actor Eugene Pallette. Oh, oh you, so you told a, me yeah, that. Yeah. 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 The dog like yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to call him Froggy. Yeah, I loved Eugene Pallette. He, I always see him at the end of a table. Uh, having dinner. It, that's how I see him. I mean, if you ever saw, like, is it heaven, the, the original Heaven Can Yeah, run. the Lubitsch one. Yeah, yeah. and then, and, and uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead. He idolized Hitler. No. Where, no. Did, he, where did you come up with this? Yeah, that's I read a, about that. That is my definition <laughs> of an anti-Semite. Yeah, he idolized Hitler. <laughs> he was fully expecting Hitler to win. Really? Wow. Eugene wow. Paulette. Eugene Paulette. Friar Tuck. Yeah, he's yeah, one but, of the but, most but lovable I'm, characters. I'm shocked that he was hired by Lubitsch. But he was also hired by uh, uh, um, uh, 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 well, uh, Sturgis. No, not the uh, no, no, no. Um, um, Fred Capra. Oh yeah, Capra. he was hired by Capra a lot, and Capra was a right wing. I don't know whether he's big at it. Very right wing, and uh, Jeffrey Sweet, a wonderful playwright uh, here in town, once wrote Capra a uh, a letter saying, uh, you know, how much he adored him, and Capra beautifully said. I am not my films. Don't admire me so much. Admire my films. 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah, isn't that Ooh. something? Yeah, I, I know. I have a letter from Frank Capra. Saying, get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of you. I'll show it to you sometime. I like most Italians, you I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you love the show so much... And you, and you never miss hey, an episode. Gonna, wait, yeah. I gotta say okay. something else. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> Honest to God, you have the guy in here for the trivia. I'm the first question, okay? And I'm and I listen to your oh, show. Oh yeah, in the you were the first. I'm question. the first question, and you go, "Oh, best friend of George Clooney." Are you fucking kidding me? Well, we, I got you heard what credits I have. I'm Linda Blair standard, and I get George <laughs> Clooney as my credit. Honest to God. So I'm going to take a safe bet then that George Clooney does not hate the Jews. Oh, no. I've gotten him to the point where he, <laughs> he hates the Jews. No. I, it's, it's taken a lot of work, but no. That, he hates the Jews. <laughs> that, that's like, you know, I'm not a comedian and I don't write funny lines, but every once in a while I write a joke. And my only great joke is my wife was raised Episcopalian, but uh, after marrying me, she converted to anti-Semitism. <laughs> and that's, uh, well, you, maybe it's not that great What did you joke. think of our conversation with Lee Grant? That was a good one. Oh, they're all great. Yeah. And Ron Liebman we had in here and well, Jessica Walter. Ron Liebman. Uh, Hates uh, the Jews. <laughs> Ron Liebman. Who knew? Yeah. Ron <laughs> the most active tongue in the business. Would you like this all the time, you know? I, I just remember him as Roy Cohn. Oh and, yeah, uh, and, oh sure. And, but he won the Tony. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And that's the only role that I ever, you know, everybody says, oh, I'd love to play Willie Loman or King Lear or you know or, or Stanley Kowalski, whatever it is. Roy Cohn, and I've told Tony Kushner that that's the only. That's role the one you want to play. If anybody's doing, but Ron Liebman in Where's Papa is as brilliant. Oh yeah. And then within a year or so. In in uh, Slaughterhouse Five, yeah, Ron Liebman is the greatest. He's got great range, uh, great, and of course Jessica Walter worked all of her life. But boy, that those couple of years of Ron Liebman, yeah, uh, and and I've been lucky enough. I, I went and saw the play Rabbit Hole, and they were sitting right behind me, and I, it was one of those I've never met him before. Yeah. I didn't. I hardly knew her. And they were treated me like I was a peer. Oh, they're the best. Is Ron Liebman the all-American father who's a chicken hawk? Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, that's the All guy. Right, you got it out of that's me. That's the guy. It's Ron Liebman. <laughs> the, the, the yid all-American father. Was it yeah. Frank Gorshin? <laughs> also not an all-American yeah. father. Okay, Frank Gorshin once guested on Spin City. And really? Yeah, wow. I, I, I think it was, yeah, it was Spin City. And he... Okay, Bill Lawrence, who helped create Spin City, tall, good looking, six foot four, as waspy as they get. He might even love Hitler. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, Bill Lawrence, one of the great guys in the world, handsome, studly, funny, smart, from a a very wealthy family, and yet still made his mark in TV with Scrubs and Spin City. Terrific writer. Great. Has a beautiful wife, beautiful wife. And Frank Gorshin's putting the moves on her at age 65, 70, like she's going to do anything with a 70-year-old man. And, you know, you know, at the, uh, upsetting her, her husband. Anyway, that made me laugh. That always made me laugh. But God bless him. You know what? If he didn't, he might never have gotten laid. I'm, I'm not that, saying I'm not not saying yes. she, she did, but it's it's like the, there were I, my my dad had a guy uh, in my dad had a jewelry store and the guy who ran uh, sort of the storage and and the mailing and everything was a a black guy in Princeton, New Jersey, which is only filled with white people, 
and he would only date white people. And he was a handsome guy, and but he would always have a different woman on his arm. And one time I said, Don, how do you do it? And he goes, man, you try to kiss a girl ten times. Nine times you're going to get slapped. But oh boy, that tenth time. And that's what Frank Gorshin did. And God bless him. Wow. You know? He hit on a friend of mine, too, was in her 30s at the time. There you at, go. At, at a Comic-Con, at an autograph signing. How about that? Yeah. I mean, God bless now, him for trying. She said if he had the Riddler <clears throat> suit in the car, she would have considered <laughs> now, now, She gave it some thought. Now, what about <clears throat> the amount of pussy that Rich Little and Will Jordan got? I don't remember. <laughs> did did they, you hear our interview with Rich? With, I did, uh, with, with both uh, of them. Both of them. Did I, did I hear that? But did they? Well, no, no they no. were both impressionists. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did not get He's putting you yeah. on. Okay, thank God. Yes. yes, I do not remember. Yeah. Do you love Broadway Danny Rose as much as we do? Speaking of Will, I know you're a Woody Allen guy. I you am. love bananas. I don't love Broadway Danny Why Rose. Why is that? As much as everybody. I'll tell you another movie that I don't love as much yeah. as you love. Uh-oh. King of Comedy. Hmm. I don't know it, why. It's an upsetting film yeah, and a tough frustrating to watch. film. Right. Tough and to watch, I, but I, rewarding. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember not loving it as much. Watching Broadway Danny Rose now in retrospect, uh, yeah, and that guy, um, who's the, the Italian singer? Nick Apollo Forte. Yeah, a great performance yeah. and nominated for an award. Yeah. And God knows what would have happened if it, that would have been like that Quizilla Wallace or somebody having won an Academy Award for Beasts of... of, of of the day. Southern Wild. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you meet somebody halfway, but who deserves the award is Woody Allen for knowing enough to cast this non-actor. Yeah, he was and great. And getting a great performance. It was a revelation. Yeah, yeah, but I don't love the movie, and it's silly. You know, it's a little silly with the with the balloons, the hydrogen, you know, the... Uh, yeah. It, it gets uh, it's silly. I love the beginning. I love seeing the faces more than what they're talking about. I just like to hear them talk. But no, I don't love it as much as... As you guys probably do. Well, give I, the king. Of, I, I really brought things down. No, you didn't. Here, did give I? the king of comedy another look. Yeah, I should. I really yeah. should. We, we I introduced mean, it's, it. Recently. It's a very, very frustrating film. Uh-huh. It, it was an, yeah. a time when, like, like uh, that movie uh, uh, based on the, I think, a Wharton novel that Martin Scorsese. Did. Oh, The Age of Innocence. Oh God, do I hate that movie? I want to shoot myself <laughs> when I watch that movie. Oh my God. So there are some that that, that he just, I, I just don't click with me and yet he's the greatest there is I oh mean, yeah simply the greatest there is and and of course goodfellas or even casino casino i didn't love as much as what i as when i watch it now but i can't turn those off no honest to god it's no. like it's kind of like the godfather you have to leave it and on it's the godfather i will close my eyes when i'm flipping those channels because i can't i'll go oh it's that scene i'll just watch that scene it's like going to bed with a computer on your chest and like Gil, you were a tcm programmer you were a guest program. Yeah, I was. I what did was. you What did you pick? I know two of them. I know uh, you picked. Soldier. We talked about this. I don't think we did. We talked about Soldier in the Rain. I think we did. We did. Okay. Yes, we did. And you t- and you was picked the apartment. Steve, Mc- yeah. Steve yeah. McQueen. Yeah. Bless you for you know that. Yeah. One. yeah. Gleason. Yeah. It's it's horrible and great all at the same time. It 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 sort of waves in and out. Gleason, brilliant. Tuesday, well, great. Steve McQueen as. Bad a performance that he became a star after that movie. It's it's outrageous. He's downright bad. Uh, but there's that beautiful line when they're uh, when when they're watching the fireworks, and you know when she goes, "That's the saddest thing in the world." And Jackie Gleason goes, "Why?" And she goes, "Well, they're so beautiful for such a short time, and then they die." And it's just sort of it's stuff I remember. And I was around eleven years old at the time, and I really wanted, I wanted to be. 
Jackie Gleason's best friend at the time. I wanted to be his his little buddy. Interesting. Yeah. What else did which, you pick? Which leads us to, did Jackie Gleason hate the Jews? I doubt it. Yeah? I doubt But I'm going to tell you something, and I thought of this. <laughs> I love these segues. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking, and if you have any ideas, honest to God, now or after the show, I'm thinking of writing a one man like Cabaret Act, okay? And I'm think, and I'm thought about how I would rem- how I would start it. And my when I was a kid, I loved Walt Disney so much, and I, and I all I wanted to do was be. Kurt Russell and sit on Walt Disney's lap because there was a picture of Kurt Russell oh, yeah. in his office sitting on Walt Disney. And I wanted to be Walt Disney's kid. And then I had World Book Encyclopedia in my room. And the only things I would look up were Walt Disney, Bing Crosby, and Bob Hope. They were the only showbiz people that were listed in the World Book Encyclopedia. I picked three of the most enormous anti Semites. <laughs> There's something in that. I'm such a kid, and I'm just looking up Walt Disney, and he he hated the Jews. Did I tell you the story about George? Uh, And yeah, I must have about the Christmas parade. I don't think you did. Oh God, this is hilarious! (laughs) This is hilarious! Oh my God! Uh, You know what? I think it's because I don't like to talk about about George. All right. First of all, I'm going to tell you a a story. My my mom was at a retirement home before she left, and and my aunt happened to be there too. And my aunt was president, and she arranged to have me come and talk to the people and explain, you know, explain about my career and oh, show business nice. and everything like that. So of course I'll in a heartbeat. Of course I'll do it. I get there, the advertisement on the on the wall. Okay, the little posters, not posters, but the the flyers that were up on the wall. There was a picture taken at George and Amal's wedding with all of the guys. You know, George has sort of a of a group of guys, and we've been friends for literally 25 years. I'm not kidding. It's been forever. It's longer. And we are very, very tight, very close, even to this day that we don't see each other. When we see each other, it's shorthand. We pick it up. Anyway, there's a picture of all the nine guys in tuxedos standing, we look like that picture in The Godfather, the family, okay? It's all like that, and George is standing there, and Amal has her leg up, a la Harpo Marx, and, you know, sexy, and it's it's all of us. I get to the the retirement home. There's that picture up there, and my face is circled with a red magic mark when it says, coming to the thing. That's how they advertised it. Not not a picture of me, a picture of George Clooney's wedding, of which I'm minuscule. <laughs> Do you want to understand? Uh, yes. Is yes, this making yes, sense yeah, to you? Yeah. Even though you're live in person and we're on radio now, it it's, was I, I don't even I, I George Clooney's my biggest credit, you know, <laughs> on, my, on my resume. <laughs> All right. So, forgive us for the quiz, by the way. Okay, George, years and years ago. Uh, has split with his wife and he's rooming with me. Okay, now I don't like to tell these stories, but this has been told before. So I'll, I'll tell this. George is staying at my apartment, okay? And we're, then for a few months. Now he's staying there around Christmas time. And he says, can we have a Christmas tree? Now, I've been raised. The, the Christmas, my dad being a retailer, is the most beautiful time of the year. I believe it's a non-religious thing. But the one thing we never did was have a Christmas tree. That's just a little too on the edge. Now, I'm now married, 
to a non-Jew, and of course I have a Christmas tree. But at the time, I was holding on to who I was. No Christmas tree. And George said, come on. And I go, I just can't. So we're at the farmer's market, and he's, you know, in the, in the corner where, where Trader Joe's is now, used to be a lot where they used to have all the Christmas trees and sell them there. He goes, come on, come on. Because I, I just, I said, George, I can't do it. Finally, one time, we're at the farmer's market. We're going to something around Thanksgiving. The trees are over there. We each have about six pumpkin pies in our hands because we're taking them to the party. And he goes, come on, just let me. And I said, George, I just can't do it. And he took each pie and he threw them at me in the parking lot. (laughs) He just threw them at me. So he was furious. Cut to a few years later. I'm on Spin City, ABC, and owned by Disney. And Disney has, they tape uh, in early December, but shown on Christmas morning, (laughs) the Christmas parade. Mm -hmm. Caroline Ray. And I, so George wakes up, turns on the TV, and there's me leading the parade going, it's Holly Jolly. <laughs> and he goes, he just says, oh, I can't believe it. He's calling all his friends, look, on, on ABC. And it's Disney, it's Christmas, I'm leading the parade. He was furious. I love it. And that, that just uh, makes me laugh. Now, you were in a movie that the Cohen brothers made. Yeah, sure. A great movie. Seriously. Truly, man. truly. I'm going to have to bring things down because this is, it's really a great, great movie. Uncle Arthur, you're terrific. In yeah, the movie. it's a wonderful movie. I'm, I'm good. Michael Stubark, brilliant. So many people. Amy Landecker, who's now on uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Transparent. She was in that. A lot of great people. Uh, and it's the Cohen brothers, and it's philosophical. I always say it's a great date movie because. Yeah. It's it's all about whether you believe in God and what is God and what does this mean in much the way that the the um, monolith in two thousand and one, uh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You could talk about what does it all mean. So you you go you see the movie and then you go out on a date and you think what is that? and you can sort of figure out what that person's made of. I know there's one small Dara would part. never have uh, married. <laughs> you. <laughs> you see the you movie? A, yeah, oh, it's terrific. Yeah, serious yeah. man. Yeah. So there's one small part that. It, there's one small part where a dentist is examining a guy right. who has Hebrew lettering on right. the inside of his teeth. I know, right? And it, it he's it haunts him his entire life, right? And he goes to a rabbi, and there's absolutely no answer for it. Oh, I know. So he just goes on with his life. So what does it mean? I yeah. mean, the, the first ten minutes. Look, I was on Charlie Rose. I was on Charlie Rose, and. And somebody said, why didn't, why didn't you ask the Cone brothers? Like, do you ever ask them what it means or what's this? I go, I wouldn't dare. You, you, you don't dare ask them. They, they were, I burped again. Those first, <laughs> those first that, 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 that little thing, that first 10 minutes, you know, with the Russian and yeah, everything. Yeah. I have a theory. I have a theory, and like everybody says, oh, it's like, you know, like, like the, they're there because later on it means that there's no God. Blah, blah, blah. I think. In my opinion, and I've never asked the Cones this, this is just me philosophizing. They started out to write a movie. They wrote 10 minutes, and they said, this is never going to work. We got to start all over. And then they wrote A Serious Man. But they said, you know what? Let's put this little 10-minute uh, sketch at the beginning. It's possible. I think that's what they did. Then they gave the credits, and then the movie started. They create their own worlds. They're just, and they're so. How great is Miller's Crossing? Such nice. Uh, uh, they're all. Yeah. yeah. I, I, except for the Tom Hanks movie, which has such a brilliant cast. It was odd that they did a remake. It was. Uh, they must love it, like yeah, we all yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, and it just simply did not work. Yeah. But had good performances. 
it's it, everything about it is stellar, yeah. and it just adds up to a flat souffle. Yeah. And uh, but each world they create, like the Hudsucker Proxy and Miller's Crossing, and, and, and they're nothing like what they are. Are guys with an imagination? Yeah, that's really what they are. They're just good guys who are funny and normal and down to earth, and they just get around to making things up, and they're just the best. Just the best. They're great, great people. Really great. You look so pensive oh, and like okay. I'm, I know I'm not used to talking sincerely, and you're not look, right. used to looking well, at me. This talking has sincerely. been Richard. Time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about watch something. Me, watch me as Brock Peters and To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> is there a Martin? Is there a Martin Short Brock Peters moment? Does that ring a bell? On yes, Clifford? of course. Did yeah. I did I say it on the no, show? No, I found it in my research. Oh my God, it was hilarious. <laughs> Because uh, you're in Clifford. Okay. Uh, Clifford, which is how I know Charles Groton. Yeah. The greatest. Who we love. Oh, my yeah. God. And there's we, a great we guy. We do anything to get him here. Uh, you know what? I'm I, I, I'm going to call him, although he may laugh me off the phone. But And, and I'll tell, tell you some stories about, <laughs> about Chuck. But um, I'm doing Clifford, and Marty, Marty just makes me laugh. He knows how to make me laugh. So there's one scene where I have to get up and I have to – Cross, uh, we're on an airplane and I have to get through some people's legs and I'm just by his mouth as I'm crawling through and he just goes like this. The audience can't see. Maybe you can hear. Did you hear that? Is that? <laughs> it was right in my ear. Like a headphone would be, or, you know, a little bud would be in your ear. Everybody's around you, but only you hear the bud. Well, there's a microphone, but only I hear that. Okay. Every take, he would do that. I'm going, like that. And I would just laugh. And the director (laughs) begged him, begged him, please don't make Richard laugh. Uh, And he wouldn't stop. uh, He just kept doing it. He made me laugh so much. And then there's a scene because he plays a 10-year-old boy and he loves dinosaurs. So he has a dinosaur. And with the crooked neck, uh, he would stick the – I would be sleeping and he would stick the head of the dinosaur up my nose and I would go like that, and then he'll cut, and he goes, "Not since Brock Peters has there been a nostril <laughs> like that." And he just killed me. And I remember Chuck. Uh, we I was in no scenes with him, and I really didn't know him. Uh, uh, he's sitting there, and we're all sitting around. And somebody came by, a, a workman, or and and happened to have knocked off his toupee. And without missing a beat, he just put his hand on his head, reached down. Picked up the toupee, put it back on, and kept talking. Wow! Did not even acknowledge. That's great. The elephant in the room, and it was, it, it was, it was jaw dropping. It was <gasps> like that, and uh, you know, and the, and the the toupee came off. There's an actor we love. Yeah, he's great. Now he, I'm telling you, he had no idea who I was. Not on that movie. Not on anything. I get this phone call, Rich Chuck Roden. Chuck, he goes, you know, we're in a movie together. You were wonderful. And I'm, he does not know me. <laughs> I'm telling you, he doesn't yeah. know me. He goes, but you came recommended, and we did this play that he wrote, and he writes a lot of plays. I'm going to tell you what the plot is, and you have to believe me. This is the plot of the play. Two guys, songwriters, who have written every song in the American Songbook. And have a story of a, so they go, um, raindrops keep falling on my head. How did you write that? And he goes, well, I was outside and I had just broken up with a girl and raindrops kept falling on my head. And I go, oh, and he goes, let's sing a little of that. And the audience 
had a packet of lyrics of every song that we mentioned and talked about. And he would, we would sing the whole song. Okay, now this was a short play, but when you sing every song, it was two hours and 40 minutes, and there was no introduction. And I said, Chuck, you can't sing every song. The, the, it's going to go on forever. He goes, oh, no, no, they'll get angry if they can't sing the song. It went on for two hours and 40 minutes, 10 minutes into the performance. Uh, um, uh, listen to me, how I go up on names. Who was the guy from 60 Minutes who passed away? Mike Wallace? No, no, no. The, oh. uh, the, the, the curmudgeon. Oh, uh, Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. is in. The, he's one of Charles Grodin's best friends. He's in the room. Ten minutes. And it's not going well. And he stands up. And he's an aged man. And he just walks across the room. And he just looks over at us. He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked Sad. out. And he oh, just no. walked straight out. <laughs> It was hilarious. And he used to come, he would come over and, and what he would do is every story was his, it was an autobiography, but he wouldn't acknowledge that it was. But they're all stories. We would sit at the kitchen table for hours. We didn't even finish reading the play. We would read a part and he goes, you know, Rich, this really happened. And then he would tell the story. I hear he's a great storyteller. And it was fantastic. Yeah. And he would also talk about, he does things that are so truly humanitarian I'm not kidding. Truly, getting people off. He makes it his mission to get those who are wrongly accused off of death row or out of jail. Spends yeah, I know. Hours. He's devoted we a lot of his life to that. Devoted money, everything. And we'll be the first to tell you about it. However, he walks the walk, and you would never think this. And he just go, and he, he goes, yeah. I've, I just came from the from the mayor's office, and I. And I and you go, oh my God! And he, this is what he's he a man does. of principle, truly, and funny. I mean, and oh, uh, and also, wait. did you ever see the Paul Simon special that he directed, the Paul Bridge Over Troubled Water Simon special? No, I have a copy. I of probably it. have. I get it to you. It's great. Wow, I'd love it's it. So, is he in it? Yes, yes. Oh, but yeah. it's typical Charles Grodin stuff, where he oh. just keeps interrupting and walking out is and he... breaking up the takes, kind of like when he hosted SNL. Oh, and yes. he was a big pain in the ass. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. so not that right. at right. all. He's just a the talk great, show character, lovely guy. And and I'll, I, we would just sit there for hours, and he would talk, and he was just great. And so we got to know each other. Hey, can I, and say no if you want to. Go ahead. Uh you want to blow me? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> you wrote a letter. To a guest that we were trying to get. Yeah. Oh, that's a can, it, was, can I read that letter? I mean, I just think it's a magnificent letter and shows how you really understood the yeah, show. Yeah, but that's it's more about me and it's not really about you if you read the letter. I read well, it. I yeah. Don't, I don't care, but read it. Yeah. Don't, no, don't Do read you, it on my time. Read it on one of your little half hour things. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't Okay. I got lots to say. I don't want to hear that. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying you truly, truly got the point of this. Yeah. Yeah, that was great to read. I'll tell you the thing, and I've said this, is that when you had Butch Patrick on. Oh, yeah. I I thought, you know what? Okay, Butch Patrick isn't Eddie Munster anymore. He certainly doesn't have the fame that Butch Patrick has on. Why the fuck are you going to mess around with his life? Let him live his life. And I thought you were going to be snarky and everything. The most wonderful interview. There was nothing underhanded or snarky or mean-spirited. 
you getting him here. I burped again. <laughs> getting Butch Patrick here was all because you wanted to shake hands with Butch Patrick Absolutely. or talk, or talk yeah. to Eddie Munster. That's what this show's but that's, about. But that's not that's not who Butch Patrick is. That's who Butch Patrick was at nine years old. I, you grow up, you do things, you evolve. But you had him here as Eddie Munster. But he's not Eddie Munster anymore. But you were appreciative of what he had done since. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a testament to the show. And it's the opposite of what I thought that you were after and why the show was created. And and it's funny because a couple of the guests we've asked, I think, have been scared. Of course. That, yeah. There's that, a little of that. They were going to be the punchline of, of a course. gag. And, yes, which is what I – exactly. We've had it, to do some reassuring right. to get and, some people. And I mean, look, your your most famous thing is either the uh, – the, the well, the Aflac, but not really <laughs> – is the is the, the Twin Towers or the uh, – or, uh, um, or the aristocrats. So you are going after just how far can I push you, just how, how – Deep is this button, you know, that, that I have to push. And therefore, it's what we expect of you. That's what you're known for. Look, I remember, I told you, the Ubangi lips. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember. Oh, with the, oh, with the restaurant trays. Yes, yes. 12 o'clock at night at the improv. Yeah, I remember. When I was a kid. I and we're all there. And you were, def- I'm saying, I know I said it before, defiant. You were defiant. Ah, fuck you, audience. I'm doing this. <laughs> And I don't care if you laugh because this is just funny. And eventually it will become funny to the world. You may not think. And nobody thought it was funny. I'm telling you, nobody. You were dreadful that night as far as the audience. But to me, you were you were great. You were the greatest. I love the way he says he was a kid. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I was. Well, we, were, we were all, like, oh, my God. Like meeting Buster Keaton. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but since Gilbert brought it up, we have to thank you for that. And you sent us an email, and you said, we love the sh- I love the show, and I'd love to help you get people on the show. And we were really grateful. Well, I'll, I'll and some of those people I'd like to mention and ask you about. Go, go ahead. Like M.M. Emmett Walsh. Oh, oh, Emmett. Oh, I got I got stories. Oh, Emmett. Now, M. <laughs> Emmett Walsh, yes. does he hate the Jews? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But uh, to be, uh, Emmett is is one of the great, great guys of the world. First of all, a boxer. We love him. A boxer when he was young. A superior single-digit golfer. Superior athlete. You wouldn't think it, but he was. Now, I'm doing a show in Vancouver. And it goes very long, and we have to stay in Vancouver on Christmas Eve to get the rest of the things. So we're going to go out that night for Christmas dinner at around 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. We get the whole cast together. I call Emmett. I go, uh, are, are you you're coming? <laughs> and he goes, I, is, is, uh, is David Soul was on this show. He goes, is David Soul coming? And I go, yeah, the whole cast. He goes, I ain't going if David Soul is going. <laughs> that guy's going to start talking. He'll get drunk. He'll never shut up. Now I'm staying in my I mean, he just called it as it, as wow. it late. Unsub. Unsub, yes. Yeah. Which was, did I talk about this? No, I just dug okay, it out. Unsub was. Stephen Cannell. Was Stephen Cannell. Stephen Cannell. Cannell. Stephen Cannell 
had a show, and this was the first of the like uh, uh, procedural shows, but this is back in the 80s, mm-hmm. okay? Written by the guys who wrote Wise Guy. If you remember the show Wise Guy. Oh, yeah. With, sure, uh, with uh, Ken Wall. Ken Wall, Kevin Spacey. Right. Sort of got his start uh, right, as a right, villain. Right, right, right. Jerry Lewis uh, did like a couple of That's episodes. right. He did. That's yes. right. Jesus, Very good. you're just great, Gilbert. You're just great. <laughs> You, 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 yeah, but you're you absolutely could, right. You could take the rest of the week off. Yes. Wow. Yes, he did. So wise guy, very adult show. Okay. Stephen Cannell has a meeting with Brandon Tartikoff about a show of uh, of uh, um, of uh, FBI uh, th- troop or whatever who are going to chase serial killers based on the book Manhunter. Of which Hannibal Lecter. Oh, sure. Okay. So and Michael this, Mann made a good Manhunter yes, movie. Yes. So too. it's Manhunter, right? right. So based on the book, right. Thomas Harris. They're the FBI unit prior to Silence of the Lambs that are going to go chase these serial killers. Brandon Tartikoff, talking to Cannell, thinks he's going to get the A team. Okay. Funny, funny show. Oh, good. They're all going to go and chase serial killers. Well, the first episode was a guy named Paul Guilfoyle, who's now on a, a wonderful. You should get him. I know, oh, I know the Paul name. Paul Guilfoyle. You'll look at name. him okay. and you'll go, oh, my God. Okay. Yes. He's been, he's been on everything. Anyway, Paul Guilfoyle puts a razor blade in the heel of women's shoes. He's a cobbler. Puts a heel in a, a razor in the heel. They bend over in pain and he stabs them in the back of the neck. Oh, my That's God. That's how he kills the women. This guy, Paul Guilfoyle, runs home to Grace Zabriskie. You remember Grace sure, Zabriskie? Sure, sure. She plays his mother. She's lying in a bathtub, spread eagle with her legs on the outside of the tub, soap all around, and he goes, Mom, Mom, I just, oh, oh, like that. And he sees his mother like that, and, and these demons come to him, okay? It's a horrific, horrific, bloody, gory show. It's horrible. And Brandon Tartikoff thinks he's getting the A-team. So... <laughs> We're do, we, we do like six of the episodes. They go and they show the first episode to Brandon Tartikoff. Happens to be the day after they showed the Geraldo Rivera thing on witchcraft. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. That? I remember the controversy big thing that was. Is, is our network's coming to this. Yes. Brandon Tartikoff is on NBC, is getting attacked by the media, and they're showing him the first episode. <laughs> of He sees this kid running in to see his mother spread-eagled in the bathtub, and he stands up in the middle of the screening, and he goes, what the fuck are you trying to do? Bring down this network single-handedly. And we knew that it was 11 and That out. was the end of Unsub. So, but, but, but there's a guy named Peter Roth who runs uh, uh, television for, uh, for Warner Brothers. And he ran Cannell at the time. And every time I see him, he hugs me and he goes, Rich, we were the first because we were the first to do uh, um, a procedural. And what an interesting cast. Oh, it was David Soul, M. Emmett Walsh. It was uh, uh, um, from uh, Adam 12. Who's the guy? Uh, McCord. Uh, Ken Ken McCord. McCord. Ken McCord. Ken McCord almost got in a fist fight with Emmett Walsh on the set. (laughs) Now, Ken McCord (laughs) is this beefy, (laughs) handsome you know, chiseled guy, and Emmett thought he was a terrible actor, and he he just goes, "Oh, Angela," and they almost started a wow. fist fight. And Emmett had to apologize. I was with Emmett once, where where he invited me to go. A guy had invited me to go golfing, and. No, and and Emmett refused to play with this guy because he was a slow player. And he goes, if you think I'm going to play with this no-talent hack because he was an actor who never got work. And uh, and it said it in front of everybody. And you know who was to signed everybody in? 
Gidget's father, Don who? Oh, God. Don. Um, uh, 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 yeah. What's his name? Jeez. Oh, God. Okay. Know, it's not Don Gordon. No, but white it's. A, ha- white hair, yeah. short cropped so, white hair. So he signs everybody in. Hell was his name? And, and he called Emmett and he said, Emmett, you've got to apologize. Don, Don to Porter. Him. Don Porter. Yes, Don Porter. So he, he says, Emmett, you, you, you've got to call him. You've got to apologize to him. And he goes, I ain't apologizing to that syncophantic no talent like that. I mean, he, and, and he goes, if you don't apologize, you're not allowed to play golf in this group anymore. And he goes, well, I'm not going to play golf. That's what kind of guy Emmett Walsh was. We'd love to have him. So he'll, he'll take no oh, shit from us. I'll call Emmett. I'll get yeah, him. I'll, he was on your list. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. He yeah. like specialized in like. The good old boy who you knew was like the sleaziest, most unhappy. Well, yeah, but simple. But, but, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. great in comedies, like The Jerk, too. Oh, yeah. Just great. great. Great in comedies. Oh, he's, and, oh, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, great that's, actor. That great small actor. scene in Raising he, Arizona. He's one of those character actors. Like, Watch him in anything. Yeah. And and anything. he always seemed to raise the Absolutely. movie Absolutely. But that, that I, I like to think of myself as maybe somebody who can do that, is that if the material's there... Can raise it, but I'm delusional. <laughs> uh, I got a bunch of weird stuff here. You want to talk about being directed by Robert Conrad early in your career? Yeah. Did I not tell you that one? No. I sure did. I didn't. Uh, I you sure... did not. I found it. God, I just told, uh. I tell these stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to hear it somewhere. Okay. Uh. Bob Conrad is directing a thing called Two Fathers Justice with uh, George Hamilton. Oh, love him too. Okay. Why don't you get him? We're working on it. George Hamilton, very smart. Working Much on it. smarter than you'd think. Perfect guest for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, working yeah on he it. knew them all. I mean, best friends with Elizabeth Taylor. He was her escort. Uh, so uh, He's a brilliant guy. Philadelphia guy. Oh, very smart. Also funny. Yeah, and very, very funny. Yeah. So they're doing it. I get cast as this lawyer. Okay. Now, Sunday morning. I'm, I'm working at Second City at the time. It's my first movie. There is a restaurant way, 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 I guess it must be west because the ocean, the the lake is east. So it must be way west in some suburb, takes an hour to get to. But a friend of his has a restaurant out there. We're going to have a meet and greet and read the the script. Okay, it's Sunday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. Why are you going to have it at 10 o'clock in the morning? We get there. There's TV sets all around. Because uh, WGN at that time oh, out of showed, Chicago, yeah. showed repeats of the Wild Wild West. Love it. Can you imagine? So we're eating breakfast while Wild Wild West is because there wasn't tape at that time. It was showing uh, 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 repeats of, of the show. He then gives a talk and he says, first of all, you've you got to move that paper because I see my face and I just I can't look at my face. <laughs> His, his, his image is distracting It's, it's my him. headshot, and I can't, can't look at it. So because I keep wondering. Every time I see him, I go, really? You chose acting as a profession? So you, you, want, you want your face on, on film? All right, so, so he says, he goes, all right, when you show up on this set, I don't want to see any scripts. I want every line memorized, backwards and forwards. I don't want you holding us up because you don't know your lines. Well, I come in, and I, I'm the lawyer, and I got a chunk a chunk of your honor. This is blah 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 blah, and uh, we so so I come in. We we do a rehearsal and blah 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 blah. It just comes out of my mouth, and uh, he looks at George Hamilton because wow, that kid's great. He knows his lines, and so that's what it was. But I mean, it was really one of those. You better come in, and then I remember Burn Piven. Do you remember Burn Piven? 
Is he Jeremy Piven's dad? Happens to be Jeremy Piven, a great actor, yeah. great out of Chicago. Character. Yes, yeah. he was also Uncle Ben in all the Uncle Ben things, and he's a great guy. But he he tended to be to act on film like he was on stage. He was I see. huge. I see. And you're you're out of order and whatever. Okay, kind of like what Bierko says about your performance. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing. So uh, uh, he just gives the most over the top uh, reading. Of lines and they yell cut and, and Bob Cameron goes Jesus that guy is great like that and it just it's uh, it's what I remember he's still around Robert Conrad yeah. yes he is yeah I know I I wonder us I, too I do there's I a wonder. lot of people like that yeah yeah and we're wondering we'd Bob love to Conrad. talk to them and we're wondering what kind of shape he was, they're in he, he was very nice very nice huge anti semite <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing a callback. <laughs> Yes, I'm, now, I, I kid. Yes, go now ahead. you must have seen the horrible movie version of Wild Wild West. I actually never did, but M. Emmett Walsh is the conductor. He yes, is. yes. There you go. So, no, I heard it was so bad. There's a connection. And I loved. I, I, you know. Oh, now that I think of it, you know, when I was a kid, I never watched our shows. I never did. I the only hour show that I ever watched was Marcus Welby. Interesting. But I watched Wild Wild West, now that I think of it. Yeah. But I've never seen Star Trek. I've never seen Bonanza. I've never seen any of those. Uh, outer Limits. But that's not really uh, an, an hour show. That's just a show that happened to be an hour. Well, I had queued up these uh, these sixties themes TV theme songs to try yeah, to try I hope to I'm good. to try to stump you. Yes. Do you want to try it, or you want yeah, to just pass? No, you want to just pass up know. on it? I mean, you can ask me trivia. Okay. Well, I know theme songs. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I probably, I might. Frankie, you want to try a few on this man? Yeah, and if but it, what if, if I, it, I don't If it doesn't work, we'll shit can But it. you'll know it, won't you? You'll right, know them Gil, all. you can try. Yes. You can compete yes. against each other. You'll sing along with them even if they don't have lyrics. Yes. None yeah, of these have lyrics. lyrics. Oh, okay. Here's the first one. Lost in Space. No. Was uh, it, one Step Beyond? No, it was a daytime show. That's oh, a Dark Shatters. Yeah, you both yes. got it at the same time. Very yeah. good. Right, Very good. Very good. Yeah, See, Dark Shatters. No, that's weird. That was a soap opera. Yeah. But I didn't like soap operas. And I and everybody was watching it at the time. So I started watching it and I just said, no, 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 no. Not for me. But, yeah. Gil loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like the, the, I mean, the Barnabas. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that it had monster. Anything with monsters. I, I, I know. But it but was. Only a, yeah, go ahead. It was like, I mean, a horrible, horrible. It was took looked like it was made budget. for eight cents. Oh yes. yeah, day for but, night but, shooting. But we, but we couldn't know no, that at the not time. Not at the time. I mean, so, I so remember that, that washed over us. There was the one time watching it, and there was a guy making a speech, and a fly. Oh, that's buzzing around his face, <laughs> and he's like trying to blow the hilarious. fly away, like going. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And, well, I you see, you liked monsters. I did not. I got scared. And I remember Eddie Milner had a birthday party, okay? And they had one of those uh, projectors, uh-huh. you know, the reel-to-reel thing. Yeah, sure. And they had a Peter Cushing, uh, Christopher Lee uh, um, uh, a movie that they, they were showing. And I, I had to watch it because my peers were around. I, I remember shitting my pants. How interesting. I was so wow. scared. And then I remember the movie that got me out of it was a movie called The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. No, I know the oh. title. Okay. Now, it wasn't a horror movie, yeah. but uh, <laughs> my everybody was going to see that. And I said, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I thought it was a monster movie. And my mother like, just in essence said, 
don't be so gay. And, <laughs> and, and forced me to go to the movie, and I liked it more than anybody else. A girl Everybody with a crystal plume. Yeah, Bird with a Crystal which wasn't a horror movie, and then I've liked horror movies yeah. ever since. Let's try another one. Okay. See what you guys do with this one. Frankie? Here's round two. See who gets it first. John Williams. Is this Lost in Space? No. Battlestar Galactica? Gil? It's a hard one. It's Land of the Giants. Oh, my God. An Irwin Allen show. Oh, my God. You remember it? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I do. And you know what? Here I sound. What a liar I am. I'm hearing that. I was going to say Time Tunnel, which is another hour. Oh, yeah. We're right in the ballpark. Friday, it's 8 or 9 o'clock. And did did I tell you the story about... About uh, because of time tunnel, who's who's the, the the woman on time tunnel? She was Miss America. Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather. Yeah. Okay, did I tell you this? You story? told us that one. Okay, then the one with it. Frank Alletta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that you, you didn't stopped know. me. Yeah, and you then didn't you know gave Frank me grief. Which, right, right, right. which also reminds us, we have to get James Darren on the show. Yeah, well, James Darren said he'd do it. We oh, just have yeah. to. We just have well, to James close on Darren that one. Darren would be. He'd grace great. perfect for us. I wonder why he career. gave up. I mean, did showbiz? Did did movies give him up, or did he just not not do it anymore? I mean, he was, you know, the yeah. a couple of hit wonders for three yeah. or four years. Yeah. But was not bad, no. I suppose. We met him at Tachiller in, in, oh, in Jersey, yeah. and he said yeah. he'd do it. Frankie, what about number three while these guys are on a roll? Round three? I think I got a comment. Okay, hold on, somewhere. hold on. Be, 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 before you start. Okay, hold on. Now, uh, can you sing the theme song to My Favorite Martian? No. Wait a minute. I don't know why, but it came into my head one time, and I did. Were there? There were no lyrics. No. Okay, That's I don't it. know why, but it was the hardest. <laughs> I I started singing it one day. I started going, and I don't know where. Man, it came I from. couldn't pull and, that one and out. I, and I and I had to really memorize That's good it in shit. my head. That's good. Okay, shit. go ahead. Frank. I might have a sitcom or two in here. Okay. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, I know this. Ah, oh, Jesus. Ooh. Is this, it's not, ooh. oh. God. Does it sound familiar? Yes. It's like a Western. No, I know it. I it's know not it. a Western. It's, it's not a Sitcom. Western. It's a, oh, I know it. It's a romantic oh, comedy. God. Give me the initials. It was based on a movie with Rex Harrison. Oh, Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Charles Nelson Reilly. Oh, and, yes. And Rita, was Rita yes. Shaw. Rita, and Rita, Rita Shaw. Rita Shaw. Very good. Yeah, yeah. And Edward Mulhair. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, remember? Oh, Edward yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he died, Edward Moore. Yeah, he was a funny guy. Was he a funny guy? Yeah. How do you know? I don't know. Okay. He hated the Jews. <laughs> hated the Jews. Yeah. Fucking anti-Semite from the word go. <laughs> I don't know that he was funny. Uh, <laughs> but the hating the but Jews. But hating the Jews. Yes. We're laying our life on it. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I think I got three more. Frankie, okay. go through okay. them quick. I spy. Ah, very good, Gilbert. Yeah. No Never way, saw it. No wasting Never time. I, I always remember it. <laughs> it was a split screen. Yep. And there'd be action right. on the bottom part, and on the top would be Robert Culp's eyes <laughs> reacting. Very good. You know, really? smiling, getting scared. Produced All by, I remember yeah. is them playing tennis. I've, I've never yeah. seen the show. Produced by? 
Oh, oh Sheldon, Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two, I mean, they really came to the rescue of uh, of Bill Cosby and, and, and blacks because Robert Culp said, I won't do it. And yep. Sheldon Leonard, certainly uh, uh, probably a, a commie or a red, Sheldon Leonard. And I'm just throwing that out, but probably. Probably. And, you know, yeah. Culp. We'll who, ask Carl Reiner. Yeah. Culp, who was not an experienced actor back then, I think was learning how to act from Culp. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, I mean. Yes, you're probably Bill Cosby seemed like he was learning to act from Robert Culp because he seemed to, like, imitate Robert Culp. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Bill Cosby was the one who won the Emmy. Yeah. That's interesting, too. Yeah. I know. Okay, Frankie. And Robert Culp, I remember he was in a... Uh, one step beyond or oh, yeah. outer limits. Oh, he's in The Demon with a Glass Hand. Yeah, yes. We talked about and that And he's one. also in one where he has to pretend to be an alien who's taking over the world. And Was that Outer Limits? Yeah. I think it was The Outer Limits. And it, oh. to bring all the earthlings together. We'll throw that out to our listeners. Yeah. See if okay. anybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, by the way, that is the hilarious thing is when I'm listening and and you say something that's wrong yeah. or you say, oh, this is this. And I go, no, no. Like I'm talking to you yeah, guys. Yes. And then I go, don't worry. There are legions of people who oh, yeah. are going to who are oh, going to take oh, care of they, they correct we, us fast. We get one letter wrong in a name. It's the truth. <laughs> I know. I mean, they come at us. I know. And the sad thing is, I mean, I'm that that idiot who's along with them. And, and, and I do want I and because I have Dara and your email and and yours frank uh-huh. i want to email you and i just go just don't richard you're not that important everybody else is writing to the website you don't have to be special and write to them <laughs> you personally. can write to us anytime but i know but i don't you know i, I just I don't <laughs> and i heard robert culp was an old monster movie fan that's interesting yeah was he? yeah well you can't ask him no. okay you say yes he is i'm gonna we- say no he isn't <laughs> But he hated the Jews. Seems to be a, seems to be a, a motif. Please. I think there's two more. Who does it? Frankie. I know this. It is the farmer's daughter. No. no, I believe it was the same studio that was making I Spy, Desi Lu. There's a hint. It was a Desi Lu show. In fact, Desi created the show. Oh, well, it can't be the 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 the, the, the one about the, with um Robert Stack. No, it's a sitcom. God, I know it. Yeah, I know it. Roger oh. C. Carmel. Oh, the mothers-in-law. The mothers-in-law. Oh, well, wow. I did not miss one of those. There you go. I wanted to be everybody on that. Eve Arden, Kay Ballard. I wanted to be Eve Arden. I wanted to be Kay Ballard. I wanted to be Roger C. Carmel. Yeah, and Herb. What, what Herb Rudley. Herb, Herb Rudley. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they they were my kind of actors. Because I remember the and un- Jerry somebody as as uh, Jerry. Um, Fogel? Yes, I think you're right. As the son-in-law. Yeah. I remember the Untouchables. The yeah. theme was. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Wasn't that a Desilu yeah. show too? Yes. Yeah. Untouchables. Yes. Who played Al Capone? Oh God! One of oh. my favorite names in oh. the world. Oh, it comes Fuck. off the tongue very easily. Give us initials. Oh, N P. The Ooh. name will not come to you easily. Oh, it's not fuck. Nehemiah Persoff. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, it's not. No. No. no, it's no, not. No, no, no. He would have it's, been great. I, just to say, just to say his name because you gave me NP. It's not Nehemiah Persoff. It's another guy with a very pointy nose. God. Oh, 
Oh, I'm wrong. God, this is going to kill me when right, you say it. All right, we'll go too. on to another song. I'll look it okay, up. Okay, hold on. Let me tell you something about uh, The Untouchables. Yes. I was having a bike race when I was about five or six years old down the streets of Trent, New Jersey, Abernathy Drive, and my wheel on my bike turned into Bruce Stearns. Okay, Bruce fell on the grass. I fell on the sidewalk. I broke my nose. I have a deviated septum because of it. I was in pain. I was a kid. It was the latest I ever stayed up. Uh, Untouchables was on at 10 o'clock at night, and I watched it. Okay, it was on because I was in pain, and I got to stay up. It happened to be a two-parter. So the cliffhanger was the bad guy was winning. What's going to happen next week? Well, I never saw part two. So to me, Al Capone won because I never saw the next oh. part. And, it, and I'm telling you, I was five or six. It haunts me to this day. And when you think of black and white and gangsters, and I'm not used to watching this, to this day, I keep thinking of that. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, just a little psychological And it's so insight. funny. That could never happen now. Now you watch your show whenever you feel like That's it. the truth, yeah. But I couldn't stay. I couldn't watch part yeah. two. Plus, I might have been alone at the time watching. I don't. I don't. I yeah. don't think I was. But um, yeah, I was. I watched the Untouchables, seeing gangsters and violence. Oh yeah. And and, and at the break, the bad guys were were winning, and it it just terrified me. Terrified me. Let's I let's to, see. So, would his first name have been Nathan? Or no, no, no. Anymore? Nehemiah Persoff is who I'm thinking of, but that's not the guy. Oh. And you'll know who the guy is. I'm looking here. He sort of looks like that guy. Um, who, I see oh, his I got face. It. Who is I it? got what's, it. What's yeah, it is NB. He was in the famous Twilight Zone episode with George Takei, where he was the where he was the angry uh, the angry war veteran. Oh, yeah. he's got and a pointy, he, pointy yeah. and, a re, and he always looks sort of down. Neville Brand. Neville Brand. Thank Neville Brand. Oh Brand. Very God, good. yes. Very good. Yes. You want to take a shot at these last two? Or is okay, it yeah. Ahead, is this yeah. fun at all? Yeah. Guys at home, is this fun? Oh, I'm, having a, I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Plus, there's prompting stories from you guys. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> all eyes on Richard for this one. Well, this is in space. in space. That's what I thought. But you mentioned it, and we've been talking about time it. Time tunnel. Yeah, it is the time tunnel. Oh. <laughs> well, they're also Irwin Allen. Was, yeah. was this William Stew? I think so. Oh, he has, he has that a sound. Sound yeah. that I love, John Williams. Composition. <laughs> we do. By we the love way, them. Do you know the the little thing about John Williams? You know, he started out as a studio pianist. You know this a studio pianist, <laughs> otherwise known as a porn star, a studio <laughs> a studio pianist. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. What is this theme theme song? Da 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 da. Da, 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 da. Do you know what that theme song is? It sounds familiar. It's the theme to To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, wow. The piano. Dun, 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 dun. That was John Williams. Nice. Playing that. Wow. What, was it you that was saying that he did some old Corman movies in the early days? Uh, did he? John Williams? No, I don't know about John Williams. He he probably Was it Henry did. Mancini? Henry oh, Mancini. Oh, Henry Mancini. I got him, I got him mixed he up. He did a lot of like uh, like these low-budget science fiction films. He did, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know who uh, uh, sang his uh, last um, uh, um, soundtrack, his last composition for uh, for anything? Can you name one artist who sang? The, the, Mancini? The, yeah, Mancini's last um, score. Oh Gosh, I really should know this. You do know him because his name has been mentioned in this room. 
Last score. You got a year? No, but uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll know it. It was before he died. Just before Keith he died. Brazell? Richard <laughs> Kind. Oh, Richard oh, Kind. He scored a movie called Tom and Jerry the Movie. Oh, wow. And I was the only voice uh, that Tom and a young actress named Dana Hill, remember Dana Sure, Hill? she was in the she vacation was, she was, yes, movie. She was, she was Jerry one. and I was Tom the cat. The only time that Tom and Jerry ever talked, I'm the voice of Tom, she was the voice of Jerry, and Henry Mancini did the, the, uh, did the score and I sang, We two were two of a kind, much of a mind. We really go together. What an honor. Peaches and cream. Boy, what a dream. You'll never, I don't know what the hell it is. Well, I, I remember it. doing a uh, Phil Collins special. Yeah. And and I really been holding out on me. Yeah. Phil Collins. Yes. Phil Collins? Yeah. Phil Collins? I, I was on it with Vanessa Williams. We wow. played his agents. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh, a fever dream. And and I remember being on the set and Henry Mancini stopped by. Wow. And Phil Collins uh, grabbed wow. his son and he said, I just want you to say hello to Henry Mancini. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, I want I, you I to that. shake That's hands. a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I often stop. I, I often take my kids over and I will say, uh, you're meeting this person now. Please say hello. Later on, the day will come when you will want to know that, oh, I've met that person. Yeah. I, I was nominated for a Tony. I took my daughter to the thing. She's sitting next to, uh, oh, he's such a wonderful guy. Who's the guy who played Spock in the most recent Star Trek? Oh, uh, 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 um, tell me, tell me. Oh God, we've yes. had him on the show. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 you, you, no, no, on, yeah, yeah, on yeah, my other show. Yeah, yeah, young guy, yeah. just Quinto, great, Zachary, yeah, Zachary Quinto. Zachary, there's no nicer guy. Great actor, wonderful in in uh, Glass Man. He's a great actor, and she's sitting next to him for the whole show, and uh, she doesn't know who the hell he is. She was she was too young, and then finally she sees Star Trek, and I go, "That's who you sat next to at the Tony." Why didn't you tell me at the time? She met Cicely Tyson. She met Bernadette Peters. Wow. David Abbott, met all these people who I, you know, I know or something, you know. And uh, uh, um, uh, Michael, what do you call it from Seinfeld? So, Richards. Yeah, Michael Richards. They, so they met and met Tom Stoppard. Mm. She's not going to know them now, but I, I say remember this moment. So uh, I met. Okay, but here's a. I wanted to tell you a story about <laughs> Tom and Jerry <laughs> the, at, at the reading. Okay. <laughs> Tom and Jerry, I gotta have ADD so bad. Um, and you know, it's one of the Join great the guys. Club. Do you know? And I'm not gonna remember his name. And he's such a dad. Uh, do, you, do you know Kathy and Jimmy's husband Dan? Uh, oh, uh, from yeah, the Dan he, band. From the Dan, yeah, band. Okay. Dan Finnerty. Yeah, fin- the great. There's yeah. a, there's he's a, a nice talented man. guy. And you'll start a story, and then you get interrupted or something like that, or you you know that that he will not leave a conversation until all the stories are wrapped up. I love that. Isn't that fantastic? You're bringing me back to L.A. He used to play at uh, at Largo. Yeah. Uh, he used to play oh, with yeah. the Dan oh, Band. He'll play here. He'll play yeah. down on 14th. Talented guy. And a great guy. Very, very funny. Good actor, too. He's, they're, both of them, they're great. Anyway, we're having the read-through, a meet and a, and a read-through of Tom and Jerry the movie. So you got Rip Taylor. How about Rip Taylor? Working on him. Yes. Rip Taylor. Working on him. He's um, in progress. Uh, uh, oh, God. Henry Gibson. Uh, oh. And Howie Morris. Okay. Oh. Oh, Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh. So I'm in this room and I'm looking at all these people and everything. And then I look over and sitting on the couch is Howie Morris. And I, I look over and by chance he catches that I've caught him and he catches my eye. And from across the room, he screams, I'm going to get away from the microphone. He goes, you, 
you. And, and, I, and I go, me? He goes, you, come here. And I, I walk across the room. He goes, sit down. <laughs> and I, I sit down and he goes, ask me anything you want. <laughs> you both got you both got called out across yes. a crowded room by Howard Morris. I was I, I was had an too. autograph signing thing, which Frank drove me to. Yeah, back in '96. Uh, and I'm walking along, and I didn't see him or anything. I and I hear I'm I walk by a table, and someone screams out, "It's that loud mouth." Fucking Jew. Oh, great. <laughs> and I turn around, it's Howard it's Morris. Howard Morris. <laughs> Do you often answer to that, by the way? Do you often yes, turn yes, when you yes. hear someone well, that's randomly that's shout that? It was on his name tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An episode you haven't heard yet, speaking yeah. of Howard Morris, we had Mr. Reiner here. You did. For, uh, a nice for an hour oh, and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a good uh, that, that, You know, that's somebody who I wanted to be because of the Smothers Brothers show. I thought he was the best guest on the Smothers really? Brothers. Really? Yeah, he was on the Smothers Brothers show about three times. And not because he created, because I was too young to know what a creator of a show was. He was, yeah. you know, the, Carl Reiner, the writer. I, I, who the hell cares? And I didn't know show of shows by then. Uh, and, he, you know, but he was a guest on uh, the Smothers Brothers, and he was great. And that's how I really remember. And I've gotten very lucky to meet him yeah. a few times. Um, Terrific guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us. But the the thing about, and what do you think I asked Howie Morris what about? What did you ask him? What do you think? Uncle you, Goopy. Uncle Goopy. Oh, God. That's yeah. the first which, thing I'd ask. Which, exactly. <laughs> I, go, I go, did you know at the time just how great? And I, I know every one of your listeners who's... Uh, knows the um, uh, this is your story sketch. Yeah. But if anybody's listening who has not seen that 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 oh, that, yeah. that sketch is the finest, and yet they cut for commercial and then they come back with the oh list. no, and, and it it's just not well. It must as be available. On no, DVD. no, 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 no. No, what I'm saying is is when they cut when your show of shows cut the commercial and they come back and they have it's not as good as the brilliance. Of the first part, they they don't sustain it because it gets broken up a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's uh, but boy, that that thing. Even the guy when he when he puts his head down and sits, he's are he faints on the fantastic. guy. The guy next to him is fantastic, yeah. and he's who the hell is nobody. He's a guy who happened to be sitting. There. I don't think he's an well, actor. Well, Carl told us it just ran long. He had no idea that that that, that Sid was going to run through the audience like he that. He didn't. No, and that they were going to oh, chase him and tackle and, him, and that Sid would be hit. Beating the, beating guy, the with guy with his coat. And he's coat. the strongest guy <laughs> right. in the world, That's according right. to Mel Brooks. That's right. So, oh, my gosh. That's right. And I oh remember Howard Morris was Jerry Lewis's father oh, in, in The Nutty Professor. Very good. Brilliant. He's Brilliant. hysterical. Brilliant. Very good. And but great he also on. directed a great movie that not a lot of people know. Do you guys know? Who's That's correct. Minding yes. the, who's minding the mint? The mint. Who's minding a, the mint? Not who's minding no, the store. I was guy crying. I got yes, confused. Yes. Who's minding the mint? Jim who's, who's minding the store was Jerry. Yes. Right. Yeah. Who's minding, minding the, the mint? It also a, has Joey Bishop. It right. might have Milton Berle. And the great anti-Semite, I think, Walter Brennan, might be. <laughs> I think so. I think so. The great anti-Semite, Walter Brennan. And Jamie Farr. Is really? Yeah. yeah. We have Jamie wow. coming up too, by that's the way. Great, yeah. Great. Do you, guy. Now that you started singing, do you, yeah. what, do you guys. Oh, do you, that's another thing. Yeah. Carl Reiner, great singer. Yeah, he sang an aria for us. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he wanted did. to be. He loved Caruso as a kid, and he wanted to be. Uh, his original ambition was to be an opera was singer. Was to be a singer. Yeah. Well, when he was a little kid, he wanted to grow up to be an Irish tenor. Wow. But he was <laughs> the disabused of that notion. Wow. Well, that's yeah. like Paul Reiser. You ever hear Paul Reiser play the piano? No. He went to school to be a. a oh, damn. A, a pianist. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's great. He, he's a, a big hairy yeah, pianist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to be a throbbing pianist. Did you, did, you, did you ever see uh, Enter Laughing? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure. Do you know why? Rainy Tony. Yes, it is. Now, I did the musical version of that, which was originally called So Long 149th Street or something like that. And then they revived it recently as uh, Enter Laughing, the musical. But do you know why David Kollowitz is the name of the kid and not Carl Reiner in, in the book? Is because his mother couldn't read. Oh yes, he told us that. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, lovely. Oh well, then I won't yeah. take it away. Yeah, no, yeah, he, told, uh, he told he told us that. Gonna, uh, uh, he told us that. Lovely story. of you to remember that. Yeah. You, you have a glazed look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you> were, <laughs> Jerry you Lewis. Were, you content. were just thinking about the comic at the time. <laughs> just for, uh, Jer- Jerry Lewis is a story. In one of Carl's books that Jerry Lewis called him and said he wanted to play uh, David and enter laughing. But he was oh, like really? 37 at the time. Well, that's, yeah. 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 Okay. Do you guys want to uh, want to attempt something before we go out? We know you have to go to Wait, dinner. I don't have to anything. Why don't you, weren't you going to name some people and talk? Oh, you want to do that? We yeah, do that I don't want to. Don't sing. You don't want to sing? Well, I would like, well, you I'd played, like to hear you sing. You played Nathan Detroit, so. I did. Well, I played. Oh, no. I'm, I, I was in the New York City Opera. Yes. So, I knew I that, mean, too. Yeah. But I'm not going to dare sing because I don't want to sing. You like when he sings on the show? Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> You're in the minority. I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I, but like Charles Grodin, he thinks that we're going to get angry that he d- sings the whole song. Right. I, I take half the song. Right. You know, but he sings the whole song. Yeah. I listen. The I next listen. time you come back, yeah. we'll make right. you sing. Right. Well, so we'll just throw some names at you. And these were, I was reading some By of these. By the way, did you ever hear Craig Bierko sing? Oh, well, I saw him. I saw him live. Craig. I saw Craig him the music man. Phenomenal singer. Yeah. Phenomenal. I did not see him in Guys and Dolls. Okay. Regrettably, but I saw him in the music man. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was good in Guys and Dolls. Yeah, I would lo- I didn't see him. love to have yeah, okay. seen that. Go ahead. Uh, Oliver Platt, another person you should have on the show. Yeah, another name oh, from yeah. Detroit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would he yeah. do it? I don't know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can't speak for him. <laughs> How about Dennis Farina, who you worked with a bunch of times? I did work with Dennis. There is no greater guy, bar none, than Dennis Farina. I will tell you the kind of guy Dennis Farina is. You simply could not pay for anything. He was so grateful to have the paychecks he had, to to know that he was in a place in his world that he he was just so grateful. I'd go golfing with him in Vegas. No way I could. Pay. I I I once went in and and tried because he picked up the tried to pay for both of us one time, and when he found out, he got angry. And had it ripped up and paid for it. He once got, we once went out to dinner with uh, I was doing this movie with him and um, the girl from uh, Curb Your Enthusiast, Cheryl Hines. Uh, Cheryl Hines. And so we're having dinner and we invite Dennis. He can't make it, so he's going to come and join us for drinks afterwards. He does. Picks up our dinner. Wow. He was unbelievable. Just like you, Gil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> just like you. I'm known for. Well, yeah, that's, that's like, <laughs> I mean, known I'm, for that. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, this is a hilarious story. Okay. This is hilarious. The movie that we did together had a gimmick, a gimmick that sounds good, but it's not good. And it's actually bad. It turned out to be a little boring, but it sounds good. 
It's a movie about poker and about a poker tournament. There's six players at the end. The Grand. The Grand. They make it to the last table. What they did was filmed the six of us playing poker like it was a real tournament. It was not written into the script who would win. So we filmed before that scene was shot us winning and us losing, okay, uh, up in our rooms, that we were the winners or that we were the losers. But the real tournament took place, Woody Harrelson, uh, uh, Cheryl Dennis, uh, me, uh, whoever, six people, and they filmed the whole thing. And it takes hours to play a tournament. At We started, let's say, at 6.30. At 8 o'clock, uh, I have a hand that's pretty good. I have pocket jacks, okay? Pretty good hand to go in on. I I make a bet. Dennis raises with, I think he had 4-9, which is in, in poker, in, in Hold'em. A terrible hand, not even suited, not even <laughs> of the same. It's a terrible, terrible, I have pocket jacks. He pushes, he pushes all, or I made a bet. He pushes all in. Well, I call. Well, I won the hand, forget the pun, handily. He leaves the scene. I go to him. After, after there's the movie's wrapped, okay, he's gone. I say, what the hell were you doing with the 490? He goes, I'm not going to win that tournament. I had a date waiting for me over some hotel. <laughs> <laughs> this is cinema history, okay? He is on oh. celluloid for, the, for eternity, Hilarious. and he had a date with some dancer. <laughs> Hilarious. And he was a former cop. He was a yeah, cop in Chicago. sure. And I saw him in a play called Streamers. He and Dennis Farina, they did a play at, I want to say, Wisdom Bridge or Goodman or something, and it was a famous production, both of them. Dennis sort of, Farina and somebody. And Dennis uh, Dennis Farina and Dennis Franz. Oh, Dennis Franz. And yeah, Dennis you said Franz. Dennis Farina. And, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis yeah. Franz. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe that they were, they were both in it, and they were, co- they were both Chicago cops right. who went on to great fame. There was none better than Dennis Farina. Knew he was going to die. They could have kept him al- alive. He denied everything and said, I will die like a man, like Jimmy Cagney did in Dangerous I He went off a hero. Wow. He was... He was a great, great man, a great a, a guy's guy, a, didn't stand for bullshit. He was a great guy. God, and how, great. how wonderful is he in Midnight Run? Jimmy, the best. Jim, Jimmy Serrano. Oh, yes. Yeah. Stick a pencil in your neck. <laughs> He's, he was a great, great man and was in luck with me as yes, well. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. about Alan Arkin? Uh, he's, he was a good guy. I, I actually turned down playing at Pebble Beach in the golf tournament because I was going to work with Alan Arkin. And he was really great. And, and the, the movie was no good. We knew it was no good. He knew it was no good. I never should have taken it because I then worked with him later in Argo. Right. And um, he actually, I, I don't think I'm, I'm telling th- this tale out of school. Uh, he, his doctor did not let him act anymore because um, he, he would get so nervous and have such angst uh-huh. about memorizing the lines that it would do something to him and so um it, it might raise his blood pressure or something as he got older now he's a fantastic actor the best um but he would get he he'd be anxious about memorizing the lines and his doctor for a while said uh, you can't act anymore because uh, it's bad for your health not because of the acting but because of the memorizing lines but everything he says He's one of those guys, he can't tell a lie. He tells the truth and uh, a great, great joke teller. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. I don't think he did the movie, 
But he calls me up. Now, I don't know him at all, but I get a message on my, my machine. Rich, this is Alan Arkin. Listen, <laughs> can you give me a call? Because uh, I, I, I sound more like Jackie Mason. No, it's not but, bad. But uh, <laughs> can you give me a call? Because I'm going to be working with a friend of yours. And uh, it was with somebody you've worked with, and I just uh, I want to uh, know about. Okay. Going, Jesus, I worked with somebody. So I'm thinking, well, I just did a movie called Obvious Child. Maybe that director, young woman, how is she? Okay, like that. Now, I'm going to preface, I'm, I'm going to continue the, the story with, I was at Sundance and I, over, I, I heard Kevin Pollack do a stand-up act and he tells a story about calling Alan Arkin. You've heard this, this story. Oh, yeah. And he does a perfect he does. Alan Arkin. He does. And he actually tells the story of when he called up Alan Arkin as Alan Arkin and said, remember to pick up a bread or, and, and, and called Paul Reiser to, to have lunch. So he does a perfect Alan Arkin. But I look at the thing and the phone number is in Connecticut, which is where he lives and everything. So I call him back. I go, Alan, it's Richard Kind. Did, did you want to call me? And he goes, yeah, Richard, I'm going to be working with somebody. I, I, I want to know uh, what you think of, of, of him. And uh, I, I go, uh, I can't think of who it, who it could be. Take a guess. Of all the people in the world, he's calling me to ask about another actor. Me. Now, Alan Arkin knows everybody or has access to everybody in the world. Who do you think the actor was? Gil? No, this one. I couldn't imagine. No guess. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, wow. Wow. Not me. Dustin Hoffman. Well. You would think their paths would cross somewhere. Or <laughs> he would, but I, but I didn't really work with him. I worked on the show called Luck. Right. And I acted not in the same room, but at the same racetrack. I never had any scenes with Dustin, but he's calling me. Wild. Who the hell am I Wild. in the pantheon of actors in Hollywood that he should call me for my opinion? And I, you know, I said what I said. I said, well, you're going to do a lot of takes because, but everybody knows he does a lot of takes. He's great. But Alan, you're Alan Arkin. He's, he's loves you. He'll have to love you. And I said, and you're going to swap jokes. And he tells a good joke, but you tell a better joke. That's what I told Another him. dream guest for this show, Alan Arkin. Oh, Tall order. We'll try. Yeah, we'll but, try. But I'll tell you something. I wonder how much he'll want to talk about showbiz versus talking about, you know, about, um, philosophies and things. He's a, he's a lovely, lovely... Nah, he'll tell jokes. He's a lovely guy. God, he's a great guy. Oh, God. It's interesting. The three of the top so guys nice. on our get list, Charles Grodin, Alan Arkin, and Alan Alda, I have a, and I know a little bit about each of them. I've met Alan Alda a bunch of times. I, right. I, I have the feeling that the show business is the least interesting topic to, yeah. to the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan would come in here and want to talk about science. Right, so, exactly. So He'll talk about math. Right, this is the like stage that. of life that these guys are at, and they've done it. They've uh, oh, been yeah. there, done they, that. And, and, and they, you know, they, they don't you want can, to talk about the old that. stories. And they, yeah. they, they, they want to live. Uh, uh, you, you saw, I'd be curious to know, you saw the interview with Jerry Lewis that that reporter did? Was, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Now, why did you think it was painful? Uh, several reasons. I thought the person was really unprepared. So, so did I. I felt bad yes. for her. Me too. Keep going. Gil? No, I, I think I'd go along with that. Like He was uh, ill-prepared. Yeah. You're coming to see Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis. And he doesn't want to talk about his past. Jerry Lewis still thinks he's vital. He does. I mean, you've seen, I saw him yeah. at, the, at the Friars. He still goes around talking. He's not dead yet. And he really, look, I'm old. And I think I'm 32, and I'm lying when I say I'm 32 because I really think I'm 27. 
<laughs> if I see a beautiful woman and I'm talking to her and I think, oh, maybe I'll get some, like Frank Gorshin. Oh, I'll get somewhere. And then I happen to look at my reflection in the mirror. I go, oh, my God. I can't believe that I think that I'm going to get somewhere. You know? It's, it's, like, it's like, what am I doing? Well, well, I'm, I mean... Jerry Lewis still thinks that way. He still thinks I'm capable of doing a movie or I'm yeah. capable of being someone important or having influence on it. And here comes this schmuck kid. And right from the get-go, you know, this kid thinks he's, oh, what am I going to ask about? Hey, lady, or you know. And I thought, and he starts it off with, so you ever going to retire? Right. Yeah. What kind of a question is yeah. that to ask a legend who still thinks he deserves to be working? Uh, and I'm not saying he does or he doesn't, but in his mind, you got to know the ego. And I thought Jerry Lewis was perfection. Fuck that kid. Just fuck him. That's, that's what I feel. Because <laughs> he asked it and he sees Jerry Lewis gets pissed yeah. and he keeps asking. He keeps yeah. asking. Yeah. yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, the, the, uh, my defense went through some sort of chain that I have with some friends, and somebody sent a link of uh, Ricky Gervais interviewing Gary Sandler. Oh, that was a train wreck. Yeah, it sort of was, yeah. but it was very interesting to see Gary Sandling's dignity and graciousness in handling Ricky Gervais, who I happen to—I love both of them. Yeah, me too. I love G- Ricky Gervais. It wasn't a train wreck, but it wasn't well, it was what uncomfortable. it should have been. It was, it was uncomfortable. a little uncomfortable, and, yeah. and Gary Sandling handled himself with aplomb, as opposed to Jerry Lewis. However, both, uh, knowing Jerry Lewis, he deserved, he, he, uh, you would expect that of him, and, and, he, and he, the kid deserved it. Okay, there you go. I've said, this is point-counterpoint. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, we got anything else for this man? I got so much. You want to so say much. some kind words about your friend, Miguel? Um, we lost? Yeah. Miguel was a great guy. Miguel Ferrer. Miguel, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer. Ferrer. You know, who you're friends I, with a very long time. Yeah, I was. And um, uh, uh, I'll, tell you a, I'll tell you a great story that you're going to like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it involves one of your guests who has been here. And I, you know, I, I'm spilling, I'm speaking well of the deceased, but it's sort of funny. When I first got to Hollywood, um, I was friends with George. Okay, George was my, my dearest friend and uh, showed me around Hollywood, introduced me to a lot of people. So one afternoon, we're going over to Billy Moomy's house. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy Moomy's house, he's got a pool, and there's lots of people there, a guy named David Jolliffe, who you might remember from Room 222. Guy oh, with the big my red God. Hair. So David Jolliffe and Moomy, and there a lot of Bernie. people. And, yeah, and uh, my friend Ben Weiss and... Uh, 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 who else was there? It was just, it was great. Um, uh, uh, so, so we're there, and George, who was Miguel's cousin, uh, is there. And so we're, we're all swimming, and uh, I'm sitting there, and Miguel is over halfway across the yard, changing into his bathing suit. And I am craning my neck to see Miguel change. Okay, I'm all at, nobody, nobody see. And all of a sudden, George goes, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like looking at his car. And I said, well... Well, I heard, I heard that Miguel was well endowed. Like I, 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 I said, I heard that Jose was very well endowed. I want to see if Miguel is. And George goes, Miggy, come over here. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, I miss Miguel. He's a great guy, a great actor. 
uh, a swell fellow. I, I didn't go to his memorial because I had to work here in town, uh, and I, I'm so sorry for him. There, there's a few guys who have been passing away of late. Uh, a, a great actor, but you wouldn't know him, named Kevin Gear. Uh, but it's 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 tough. I've been hearing. I don't know what it is. I it's don't hard know to it lose is. people too before their time. You know, yes, it, it yes. feels extra unfair. Yes, before it, it hit me, what what Hollywood magic that is. George Clooney and Miguel Ferrer. Oh, my cousins. Yeah, and Rosie yeah. was the Madonna of her time. Sure, you know, sure, I sure. mean, and and you know, and with and and Kennedy and stuff, stuff like it was Bobby Kennedy's death that made her. Gained two hundred pounds. She was, she was, uh, um, she was depressed. She was flat out. I never knew depressed. that. Interesting. Flat out, clinically depressed by by his death, and and just couldn't tear away. Uh, the world was horrible back then, uh, with those three deaths, and now, uh, you know. And you so, had that other interesting connection, which you shared with us on the last show with Jose. With Jose, <laughs> and the first, yeah, audition, like, the first like audition. I said, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Yes, that was real. And and but that that royalty continues because uh Gabri is uh, a big voiceover guy. You have Debbie uh Debbie Boone who, you know, is a star. It 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 its tentacles yeah. went all over. Uh, uh George's dad uh was Sure, Nick Clooney. Nick Clooney supposedly it was Betty Clooney, uh Rosie's sister, who was the one who had the voice. Married to Tito somebody who's who was the not not Zabe Kuga, but Tito like, Puente? No, it wasn't mm. Tito Puente. Some Latin band leader, oh, that's but she was married to him, and she was the one who had the voice and died of a tumor of a oh brain a, a brain aneurysm or something like in her early thirties. And she was the great great talent. It was tragic. So yeah, really something. Yeah. Well, this man has to get to dinner. Well, after talking about that, we didn't, <laughs> brain tumors. I didn't mean to bring it down. Yeah. Now, you okay. said at the end of the show, you'd say, who was the all-American father? Yo, let's tell you off, Mike. Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> I got a guess, by the way, but I want, I want to guess after we turn the mics get, off. Get, guess after. He was a good man, and I, and I don't... I, 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 is he, me on is he no longer with us? He's no longer with okay, us. Okay, then it's not my guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No longer with us. All right. All righty. So, so we've had a second time aside <laughs> our program. Honest to God, I, I hope you can glean something. Do some gems. Oh, are you just kidding? Kind of, this is, they're gems I here. Don't know. Which I convinces don't know. me maybe you're homeless when you leave here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you offered me no food at your house. I had to come to Nutmeg to get food. This is it's, it's the only reason I'm here. Rich, Rich, we could do 40 shows. We never asked you why your character in Scrubs was named Harvey Corman. Was I know. That, was was that Bill's joke? Bill no, Lawrence's no, joke? No, there is a there's a reason. Okay, t- t- tell, take us a, out with that. There was a a girl who wrote for the show, uh, um, uh, whose last name was Corman, and uh, um, oh, I want to say Maddie Corman, but that's that, I think it's Maddie Corman. Oh my God! And she's a lovely person, married to a wonderful comedy writer. She's a great comedy writer of herself. Oh my God! I can't believe if I didn't get her last name, but her name was spelled with a C. Okay, and named after her father. Oh, Harvey Corman, not the Harvey Corman, named after Harvey Corman. Right, her father. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I think it's, but it's not Maddie Corman. 
That's another. Oh my golly! Okay, we'll put it up when you tell us who it is. We'll put it up on social media. Yeah, right, right. right. We'll give and, her. And, we'll uh, give her and, her uh, due. And uh, yeah, but you know what? I don't want to do this like again. Have me in with like um, Drew, who I'm dying to meet. Okay, dying to meet. Okay, uh, you, you want to be part of a roundtable, like a roundtable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll do a Charlie you, Rose style. You yeah. don't have to worry about not doing this again because <laughs> we're not having you back. <laughs> 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 and we want to thank you again for not only being a fan of the show, but, but helping us get Tony, Tony get Roberts and, and, yeah. and guests to come. Oh, yeah. And we'll hit you up for M.M. Walsh. Yeah, oh, I'll try and get anybody I can. Because I, I, I want to hear. We're grateful. I want to hear these We're things. grateful to you. Like, like you had Ronnie Shell. I heard, I'm telling you, a hundred times I've had breakfast with him at this round table. I heard stories that I've never told. You know, he never told you the Alan Ladd story with the chickens? Never. Isn't that the greatest? That's great. Yes. But you can't imagine the jokes I've heard over and over and over. I know. But oh my God. Okay, get out of here. <laughs> okay, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried. Give me my credits. Wait, before we leave, just give me my credits. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co host, Frank Santo Padre. We've once again been recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. And our guest is the person who wrote the song, Sign, Sign, Everywhere, Sign. <laughs> the me five and, man electrical band. Me, me and God watching Scotty grow. <laughs> oh, we got to get Bobby Goldsboro. Yes. Oh, my God. And, He's on my list. And my, wow. and my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he come oh, up with these? Yes. Lights and Scotty grow. Oh, hey, how, about, how about Tom Smothers? Get Tom Smothers. Yeah, we got to get Tom. Get out of here. Enough talk. We love you. Brilliant songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Cotton. Thank you, Bing Bong. Yeah, right. <laughs>